and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. So I I went down this rabbit hole today. I, I don't know. It's something Cliff said earlier in the week made me look it up just to be sure he was right. Of course he was right, because Cliff's a smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. The Arizona Cardinals have played 306 minutes of football this year. They've had the lead for 11 and a half minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just... It's awful. It's correct. So bad. But it's like it's, it's so bad. That's not like that's not going to continue. Like the fact that it's continued can't. this long is a shock. Yes, it's a shock that it's continued this long. Three hundred and six minutes of football, and you've had the lead yeah. for eleven and a half of them. That's it. That's it. I mean, no, it it can't. And I was thinking about that number as we welcome you back in three o'clock hour. Burns and Gambo. He's he's Gambo. I'm Burns. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Um, there was a story today on the Athletic. Which NFL sub five hundred teams can save their season before it's too late? And I clicked on the link, thinking, How low do they have the Cardinals? <laughs> How far down? On the list yeah. are they are they near the top like trying to sell some kind of optimistic vibe like hey no you know it's all right it's this it's that they're two and three it's not all that bad all right, so how low can you go they went low oh boy did they went low mm. uh he he or she i can't remember who go through it. the top go through okay, the top well, yeah okay so the first category please breathe in other words hey take a breath everything's gonna be fine all right just just relax there's a lot of things here that are fixable the Bengals at two and three uh, okay. The Rams at two and three. Okay. Okay. I don't know you, if I, I agree with the Rams, but okay. Yeah. The Rams are a mess, but all right. Yeah. Fixable, but there's danger. Lots of teams in this category. Okay. Okay. Fixable, but there's danger. The Browns. The Broncos. They got a great running game, but they've got no quarterback right now. Okay. Broncos, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to comment on each team. Okay. No, so, the Broncos have no quarterback. Patriots. Uh, they don't know who their quarterback's going to be. <laughs> it's, it's Bailey Zappi. Cool name. Mm-hmm. Is it Zapp or Zappy? I, I, Zappy. Zappy? Bailey Zappy. Oh, that's, a, that's a really cool name. Um, the Jags, who... I told you. I met, you jumped all over the Jags early. And remember, I was like, no way. And I, remember, you were like, they're going to win the division. I'm like, no, they're not. They're not. Remember, two, remember two games in? Bernsey was all over the Jags. They're going to win the division. I'm like, no, they are not. They're not going to win this division. They're not that good. I think I used the word could, but whatever. You, well, you whatever. were, you were very high on Jacksonville. It wasn't a will. It was a could. Uh, no, clickbait. Whatever. Whatever. All right, all right, go ahead. Saints are fixable, but there's danger. I agree. Falcons are fixable, but there's danger. Not really. The they, their quarterback stinks. The Seahawks are fixable, but there's danger. They're not fixable. They can't stop anybody. How you gonna fix it? How you gonna fix that? How, how you fixing the defense? I would have put them a little bit lower. How are you gonna fix that defense? I don't. The think... Seahawks are ahead of the Cardinals. Oh yeah, they're ahead of the Cardinals. Oh, God. Okay. oh, oh there's a there's a whole other tier of teams before we get to the Cardinals. We're, we're not even close to oh, the Cardinals God. on this okay. list. Okay, all right. Next year looks more fun. The Texans, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Bears. I don't think the next decade looks fun for any of those teams. <laughs> I, think I don't think the next decade looks like it'll be fun for the, the Bears, the Steelers, the Raiders, or the Texans. The Raiders, I 
They've lost their four games by a total of 14 points. Right. They're also in a division with Patrick I, Mahomes. Yeah, and I get that. I get that. Justin they, Herbert. And they, then eventually Denver will get a quarterback that can play. There's, well, uh, might require eating $250 million, <laughs> but whatever. I just think the Raiders have more talent than, hey, you know what? Just punt until next year. Then we get to the bottom category. Is everything okay? Carolina at one and four. They already fired their coach. The Commanders at one and four. They're going to fire their coach. The Lions at one and four. They actually might even fire their coach, and I kind of like him. And then Arizona at two and three. How the hell is they, Arizona in that they category? They got Arizona in the bottom category. This is an athletic piece? This is an athletic piece, yes. They say anything about the Cardinals that stood out to you? Uh, the Cardinals are averaging just 4.9 yards per play. Ooh, Kyler Murray is last amongst full-time starters in yards per attempt and second to last in average depth of target. Their pressure numbers are about middle-of-the-pack league-wide, which means there's a lot of issues on the offense's desire to play incredibly fast. They almost... That almost never helps out a defense with woeful coverage issues. Now, I take umbrage with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, Arizona also happens to be in the range from bad to okay against the run. Their two wins have come over other teams that are on this list. Carolina and Vegas. But the so it's not going to get any easier from here. So it looks like Madison Bumgarner's brother, Nick Bumgarner, actually wrote this. Um, piece for the Athletic. Hey, like, are you not taking into account that DeAndre Hopkins is coming back? What do the Cardinals have that none of these other teams, a true superstar in the game coming back on Thursday? Coming back. Like, they have something that a lot of these other teams don't have. If you looked at, hey, what, and everybody's got injured players. What play, or, or players that aren't playing. What player is going to join their team soon? The Cardinals have the best one. Yes. The Cardinals have the best player that's going to join their team soon. It is the only hook for you to hang your hat on if you're a Cardinals fan. That's it. That's it. Because without that, and, and I happen but to agree with you. But it's a hook. Uh, but it's a hook. And I happen to agree with you that, that to me, everything, it's like two seasons for the Cardinals. There's the no D-hop and then the yes D-hop. And, and, and they're two, I'm not going to judge anything about the Cardinals and their ability to deserve to be on this list or to not deserve to be on this list until I see DeAndre Hopkins back on the field for the Cardinals to see what sort of a difference he makes. Because it's, I mean, and I look, I hate resting it all on that. I hate putting it all on one guy. But at this point, honestly, Cardinal fans, what choice do we have? What choice do, do we have but to say, okay, I hope yeah. they're going to be a better team when D-Hop comes back because that's it. That, that's all you've got to kind of build on right now if you're the Cardinals because the results so far. can't trust on Cliff to get you points in the first quarter. Not without him. Not, with, not without D-Hop. There's so no, There's no way they don't score a touchdown in the first quarter this week. No way. <laughs> a touchdown or points? Touchdown. I'm going touchdown. Forget points. Oh, boy. They can oh. score a touchdown in the first quarter. Oh, boy. Do I? You want a better lunch? Do I? I'm not even going field goal here. Touchdown. First quarter, touchdown. No, you know what? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Only because the fan in me doesn't want to bet against something like that. Because you know how bad Seattle's defense is. I do. I, I know that. But the fan in me, it's, it's, like, it's like starting Geno Smith in your fantasy league and rooting for him to just kill the Cardinals. That's I, why I, I can't I, play fantasy I, I, I'm, And I actually have, this is crazy, I actually have Geno Smith as my starting quarterback on my fantasy team. I picked him up. I got a win last week because of him. <laughs> I was 0-4. That's so funny. And I, I go to, pick up Gino Smith, and now I'm 1-4. Thank you, Gino. I went to AJ's today to get a salad and an iced tea. And the, the guy Connor, they're like, hey, I just picked up Gino Smith in my fantasy league. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to start him this week. I'm not going to root for him to do well against the Cardinals, because I'll always root for 
my team to win over my fantasy team. Um, but but I just can't bet on them to not score a touchdown in the first quarter because it just feels like I'm rooting against That's my right. team. And I'm I don't want to root, root against them. So I'm not against your Arizona Cardinals. I'm do it. I won't take that bet. I won't take that bet. We can I just do like right. a mocha. <laughs> now you'll feel so bad. <laughs> you want to? Take, you know, I can just do that. Just a mocha? I, I like. Yeah, it's like a hot chocolate milk. I kind of like it. Uh, uh, so uh, a touchdown. Let's score a touchdown, touchdown in the first yeah. quarter. It's be the, it'll be right, the as, least as, of any bet we've ever as, had. As long as nobody out there accuses me of, because then I, I don't mind. Because I just bring myself. I'll just bring everybody a coffee, and that's fine. There I don't have any, Mitch, put it. Put it. Give me. Give me the Babaluga. I got a bet here. I got a bet. I got a bet. I was going to throw out there if Gambo loses, he has to have an iced mocha. What is that? What is that? I would hand it to him, but he wouldn't know what it is. What is this? This isn't coffee. That's actually like a great. Punishment, though. <laughs> actually, like on like on camera, beginning of the show, you got to drink an ice mocha, and you I, might actually I like it. You, like you it. might. It's like caffeinated chocolate milk. It's but the pride inside of him <sighs> would uh, not iced, like it. An iced mocha is just like it's like caffeinated chocolate milk. It's, is there a thing called like it uh, like a tea a teaser drink or like Dutch Bros? Is my wife like like a really small one that you can try? It, uh, I forgot what she gets. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. 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 Just not a coffee guy. All right. Well, we got a bet. We got a bet, and I don't feel. I, I'm not rooting against my team to not score a touchdown if it's just a coffee. Okay, on the there line. you go. When we come back, ten or minutes. Maybe do, you, do you want a caramel pumpkin brulee? <laughs> no, I just I just drink cappuccino. That's it. How about an iced unicorn blood no, rebel? I don't have that either. Just uh. a cappuccino. I'm 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 not frou frou coffee guy. I drink cappuccinos at Starbucks. That's it. That's okay. all I do. Ten minutes of us trying to get Brock Hewer's attention while he's watching the Mariners game. Brock agreed to come on while the Mariners game was coming on. Dang. We ask a lot out of him. He'll join us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. It's just really indicative of the love that Brock has for us that he would agree to come I on with I us. wouldn't go on their show if the Yankees were playing. In the middle of a Mariners game. Or the game. D-backs. It just goes to show how much he means to us. Or how much we mean to him. He wants to ask us if we knew that Robbie Ray was going to give up a bomb. Well, we did. But we did. We did. We absolutely did. Oh, is Brock on the line? Joining us right now, Brock uh, Heward. I didn't realize he was on the line. He was probably listening to every word. Hi, Brock. How you doing? Yeah, funny. Yeah, you guys are real funny. Yeah. We want Seattle to win, we though. Do. Like we hate the Astros. I, the Astros. We want them to win. The Astros going to the World Series or even uh, going to the ALCS is like my worst nightmare, Brock. I'm rooting for your Mariners. I, like there's no tomorrow. I won't even watch if the Astros are in it. Yeah, they're uh, they're just they're just good. They're just annoyingly good. And I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm like everybody that still looks at them when you cheat the way they cheated. Yeah. You just, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Um, but this Alvarez monster, whatever he is in left field, that just <laughs> hits bombs after bombs after bombs. Oh, my bombs. God, he's crushing and the ball. how he hit that fastball today that was the furthest off the plate that he's ever hit a home run was just, yeah, it's a little bit soul-crushing. Right. But we got two innings here. We'll see if we can yeah. find a way to get it done. All right, so let me know just real quick. Did uh, did you guys rip the decision to put Robbie Ray in that game? Uh, the fans did. Yeah, a lot of the fans certainly did. I, I think it, I was a little bit torn. Um, and obviously the, the pitch – was inexcusable to miss over the plate back-to-back times. I didn't hate it because I like George Kirby going into the game in Toronto, so I can't say I hated it. And, and frankly, Gambo, they don't have anybody that matches up with him. I mean, they just don't – they don't have a lefty. They don't have, you know, somebody – 
that uh, that can take advantage of any weakness he has, which is very, very few. So, yeah, fans were quite livid, uh, and it was, gosh, it was just nauseating. But that's baseball, and playoff baseball is the cruelest kind of baseball. All right, when I was watching uh, ASU beat Washington this week, I know it's a sore subject, but when I was watching them win, they were showing some highlights of previous games. And they actually, and, and I, I was glancing at that time because it was kind of pregame, and man, they showed you celebrating like there was no tomorrow. Tomorrow. Do you remember that game? Well, that was the last time the Huskies had won in Tempe, Gambo. So I, I don't hold, I don't hold on to much. But yeah, the last time uh, the guys in purple and gold, I, I guess, was my my year there in 1998, and that was that was a fourth and seventeen. Fourth and 17 after I muffed a horrible option pitch, and the game should have been over. If the referee wasn't in the way, they would have recovered the fumble, and that would have been the stinging, most stinging loss of my life. But the ref was in the way. I called Copper X, which was a little smash corner. Ron English, who's now still a D coordinator in college football, was the D coordinator then. For Bruce Snyder, for some reason, they ran quarters coverage. For some reason, their corner did not get depth. And my tight end caught a 60 Reggie Davis, a 67-yard touchdown on 4th and 17. Oh, wow. Brock Heward from 710 ESPN and Seattle Arcast, co-host of the Brock and Salk Show. It's always a pleasure to have Brock on. Uh, this might be, Brock, the the weirdest Seahawks conversation we're going to ever have. The, the defense, <laughs> yeah. the defense is trash, and Geno's great. Oh I, my god! I, I don't, I don't even know where to begin to ask you about this team. So, where do you, Geno? Let's start there. Is it sustainable? Is this can, can this last all season long? Well, the numbers through five games are pretty telling. And it's not like a fluky, you know, as you watch every snap, and you guys probably don't, but as a Seahawks fan and analyst and radio show host, we do. And, guys, I mean, the numbers are real. I mean, the 75% passer leads the NFL. He's the most efficient passer in the NFL, like with a 113 QB rating. He's fourth in the league in QBR, just behind Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, it's, it's the, the command that he has at the line of scrimmage, calling the game, checking the game, getting in and out, the confidence he has in Lockett and Metcalf and his young rookie tackles that are playing well. The Rashad Penny lost stinks and that's a pretty big loss to to any quarterback and Kyler obviously is going through the same mess down there losing his running backs and it will affect him a little bit but I don't expect him to fall off the cliff I mean all of these rankings that didn't even include him in the top 32 or top 35 in the league I mean I think he was like in most of the preseason rankings like 38 40 I mean they just Total disrespect. So he's not going to fall off the cliffs. He's not going to end up the number one rated passer, but he's playing at a level where we're having the conversation of whether or not to re-sign him to like a two- or three-year deal um, and, and make sure you have someone in place before you may or may not get the QB you want in the top 10 to 15 picks. Other. Are the Seattle fans and media enjoying the demise of Russell Wilson in Denver right now? It is very split, Gambo. Very split. Um, you know, we still are a native Norwegian fisherman community uh, that is passive aggressive. Release the salmon. <laughs> that is still a lot of the blood that flows through the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> so, 
it, it's not Philly. It's not where you're from. Uh, those markets would be having a heyday. Those markets would probably have billboards up crucifying, <laughs> you know, Russell Wilson. So we're not doing that. Salk is certainly loving it. More importantly, you have we, the Seahawks have the Broncos' first-round pick. So if they continue to fall off the cliff and that becomes a top-ten pick, it would be tremendous in the continued rebuild and, and process. So Skull. I Yeah, I would say no. I would say overall that when we start talking about Russell and we start, you know, getting it going in on him, you know, that text toy is like, just just take it take it a little easy. He was pretty good for us, and he's getting what he deserves. If he wanted all the control in the world and he wanted all the power and he wanted all of it, he's got it. And I think we're seeing, as we always see in the NFL, whether it's president or head coach or GM that wants all these titles, it doesn't work, man. It doesn't work. Yeah. Brock, you were our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Um, you, you mentioned the running back situation. Is the Seattle defense so bad at that particular element, in addition to the other things that they're bad at, that it's okay for the Cardinals to be as banged up as they are at running back this week? Or is that is this a, an offense now that Seattle might be able to get right against a little because the Cardinals are missing all sorts? No disrespect to Eno Benjamin back there, but is yeah. Seattle kind of looking at the Cardinals offense the way, frankly, the Cardinals offense is probably looking at Seattle's defense right now? Yeah, I think that's fair. And if the Seahawks cannot stop this run game, they're gonna they're gonna finish dead last in the league, and it won't even be close. I think they're already there. They're thirty two out of thirty two, and and they've unfortunately they've changed coordinators. They are playing a new scheme. They're trying to play these big three walruses between the guards, and then Daryl Taylor and Uchenna Nwosu at end. One of those two can hold the point of attack, and one of them can't. And those walruses are not getting off the ball. They're not blowing people up. So linemen are getting to the second level, and you add it all up, and it's a total mess and disaster. So if there is any any team to run on with a backup to a backup running back, if you're Arizona, you've got the matchup this week. Now, on the flip side, you've also got really young corners and safeties that aren't playing well. I mean, their whole group on that side is just playing so poorly that this is a game, and Arizona's had success up in this building for many, many years with different coaches and different quarterbacks. And, yeah, I think this is a game where they score 30, and it will be whether or not Geno can score 40. Because that's kind of kind of yeah. what the Seahawks have to do if they're going to find wins in 2022. I uh, leave me with this: is that because of Geno's age and his lack of success, his whole career up until now? I mean, is it possible? Like you mentioned, could you do a two year deal with him, pay him a lot of money, and still draft a quarterback if you've got a top ten pick that you could groom to be his replacement? Yes and yes. And and remember, John Schneider was a guy that was in Green Bay and, and comes from that school of thought. Anyway, John Schneider was a guy that, that would have drafted Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes if they would have fallen in the first round to him in years past. I, I know that very confidently, even when they had Russell Wilson. So, yeah, and I don't think it'd be enormous money. I think it'd be like a two-year, $30 million deal, give him 20 guaranteed. If he, if he can keep doing this through October and November, that may be something you get done in December. And I'll tell you the name that Pete Carroll said to us on Monday, and since he said it, and it is now Thursday, it's still the name that, that, that resonates, and that name is Rich Gannon. 
And oh, he my said, goodness. hey, Rich Gannon was the guy that sat around for six, yeah. seven, eight, ten years that got to the right spot with the right people around him, uh, a system that believed in him, that had a tremendous supporting <sighs> cast. And you watch what Rich oh. Gannon became very, very late in his career. That is certainly the wishes and the hopes. And right now, the very, very pleasant surprise. It's been Geno Smith. Kalenic just hit one of the wall, but we they caught it right out. in front. We, we, were, we were getting ready to celebrate oh. a two-run homer by the Ugh. Mariners. And it didn't happen. Sorry. He Sorry about it. that. He, he crushed it. I didn't quite Do you get want all me to it. come on with you guys later in the year, or is this it? Is this what we're trying to do? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. We're not trying to be mean to you. We're, we're, I just thought that ball was going out. I we, was like, we want Seattle I, to win. I thought, how cool would it be if the Mariners hit the go-ahead home run while we've got Brock oh, yeah. on the air? It's not, it's not a... You know what's really cool is I actually have paused it to come on your show. Oh, that's, that's not to be cool. A, try to be a tremendous guest. Yeah. And not be distracted. Yeah, that's not cool. And this is the hospitality you show me. This is, this, you giggle, this is not, and then you tell me what just happened before I'm going to go play it on my DVR. Did we not? Did, did we not talk about the greatness of your your big play to, to beat ASU the last time Washington won here in Tempe in the in the nineties? Are we done here? Yeah, well, Are we done? We're done, but you'll come back on with us later in the season, right? If not, talk well. <laughs> Goodbye. Tell Mike we said hi, please. That's Brock Heward joining us from 710 ESPN at CL. I love our conversations with that guy. I can talk to him all the time. Puck drops on the Coyote season tonight Let's in go. Pittsburgh. How does GM Bill Armstrong feel about his team heading into tonight's game? Our exclusive conversation with the Coyotes GM is next. Arizona, Arizona Sports. Sports. Burns and Gambo talk with a decision maker from the Coyotes front office. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. Our weekly visit with a Coyotes decision maker. And this week, today, on the day of their season opener against the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh, it's going to be the general manager of the team, Bill Armstrong, who joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Bill, welcome back to the show. Happy opening day to you. We appreciate the time, as always. How you doing? Well, thanks, gentlemen. It seems like ages we haven't talked, but uh, thank you again for having me on. Yeah, we've missed you, my friend. We've missed you. You're welcome anytime. Let's, <laughs> but let, let, let's talk, before we talk to you, let's just talk about this, this crazy offseason. Did, did anything just yeah. really surprise you? I mean, 11 coaching changes. We had uh, man, <laughs> so, so many goaltenders. I mean, Darcy Kemper wins the cup, and then the next thing you know, he's in, yeah. he's in Washington, and they walk away from Samsonoff, and then he signs with the Leafs, and then the, the Senators trade for capital bid and it's just I couldn't believe the amount of goaltender changes in your league this offseason. Well, the, the goal scoring is way up in the NHL, so it, it <laughs> everybody's was... shuffling their goaltenders around trying to figure it out. 6.3 <laughs> so. goals per game last year. 6.3 yeah. goals per game. That was the most since the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there was games we, we played where, you know, Schmolte and Keller were you know, just killing it, and you know the offense was plentiful. So uh, it, it's yeah, it's uh, it's funny because the goaltenders are probably better now, but I think the shooters are uh, just finding different ways to, to score, and uh, it seems like goal scoring is going up uh, even more. So it's uh, it's better for the fans, I do believe. Uh, nobody mind a close, hard fought game and playoffs and that, but it's it's nice to see goals. It pulls fans out of their seats. 
and, and I've, I've asked you before what you would sell, how many kids you would give up, uh, right arm, left arm, house, whatever. Let's just talk for a second about Connor Bedard and how many teams are going to have an opportunity to get this great kid. He's considered a generational talent. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you've seen him play a whole lot. What do you think? How good can that kid be? Well, he's an exciting player. Um, you know, every 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 you know different player at, at that level, whether it's Connor McDavid or Crosby, they all have their special little thing that that, that they do that, that gets you excited. And the, we've watched this kid for so many years score goals, and that's what he can do. He can he can bring you out of your seat, and uh, he's got a unique ability. Uh, but you know, we'd sure be excited about uh, the opportunity to pick him. Uh, we'll we'll go game by game here. <laughs> we'll see how we do, and uh, if we're in that range at that time. Bill Armstrong, general manager of the Coyotes, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. As as you start this season now, how do you navigate the Jacob Chikrin situation moving forward, Bill? Well, you know, Chick, uh, you know, and, and myself, uh, along with the coaching staff, have been uh, very transparent and just said, listen, you've you got to come back in here and just, you know, play hard and play well and let things fall where they may and things will work themselves out. But uh, it, it, it won't work out any other way. Um, if you come in here and, and don't play well, it, it just uh, it, it won't it won't work itself out. So uh, Chick's been really really good. Uh, joined our team, been a part of it. He's going through some rehab right now, and he'll be back playing here before the end of the month. So he's in good spirits and ready to play hard for the Oats. Yeah, you know, and you look at your defenseman, and you made the, you made the nice deal for Gostas Bear, and you've got Mayo and and, and, and Timmins. You know, get another guy you brought in. How do you feel about your your three defensive pairings, your top three defensive pairings right now? Well, there's there, there, there's some opportunity. Um, you know, Timmins had a tough year in the sense he got injured last year, right? Um, but you know, with him and Val and Mackey, both have really really good upsides and. Uh, you know, uh, Moser's been really, really outstanding for us, uh, just the way he's played. And, and uh, you know, we got him last year, the year before in the draft. So he's, he's a young player, and he, he loved a lot of minutes. So we feel good about that, that part about it. And then hopefully, you know, Valimaki can get some traction. We pick up off waivers uh, and, and take that next step in his career. And same with Tim, there would be two outstanding players, uh, hopefully, that uh, can add in on, on defense for the next coming years for the Yotes. And, uh, I feel good about that side that side of it. We've added Brown, who's, who's brought some toughness and leadership, too. So um, I like our defense, and obviously we're, we're always trying to improve that, and you can see that with our waiver pickups. No, absolutely. You bring more size with Josh Brown. Let's talk about Dylan Gunther making the team. Um, this was, you know, this is your, your MO. This is what you're known for, is drafting quality players to rebuild an organization. Gunther, number nine overall pick in 2021. You've got him here. Do you expect that this is just a, a, a short-term look at him or do you think that he could you know be on the roster the full season well listen at the end of the day the nhl gets better every 10 games just because you score in preseason or you score in the first 10 don't doesn't mean you'll score in the next 10 you know and so we're going to take a cautious approach he won't play tonight um, he'll probably get a chance to play in the next game and um you know he he's got you know his instincts and skill level or nhl at uh, times, he has a hard time dealing with just the strength factor of the NHL. So it, it can be a battle uh, for a young player to get in there. And listen, if, if he's not at that level, you know, we have to make that decision to move him back to junior. But if he can stay there and provide some offense for, for us, um, he could be a huge addition for our team. We'll see where that goes as we move forward. But he's, he's had a really good preseason, and he's very intriguing.
Bill Armstrong, general manager of the Coyotes, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Their opener against the Penguins is at 4 o'clock. You'll hear it on ESPN 620, but this is our weekly conversation here, and it's uh, always a pleasure to talk. The, the We had him on right after he signed his new deal, Barrett Hayton. I haven't seen yeah. him yet, but I, I, the reports we're getting is that physically he's really leaned out, thinned out, made an effort this offseason to kind of change his physical composition. What effect do you think that will have on his game, and, and do you need him to look to score a little bit more this year, Bill? Well, he he had an interesting season last year because at the start of the year he really struggled. Um, he went and he actually got injured and he lost some weight and he came back and he was a different player uh, for us in the second half and put up some numbers. And we're looking for that that player that was there in the second half that could add into the offense. And he's come back after the summer, and you could see that this kid works. He put he put the time in the gym and the skating, and he's done all the little things. Um, and, you know, he's a better player than he was last year. So we're excited about seeing him again this year, and, and hopefully he can add some more offense from the second line. And, you know, that will be a key for us. You know, Keller, uh, Boyd, and Schmoltz are – on our first line, they're going to do a great job and provide some offense, but we need some secondary offense. And if Baird can drive the bus on that one, that would really help us. That would... You expected him with Kassian and Kraus on that second line? Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, they can, you know, Kassian is a big, tough kid, but he can also play. And, and same with Kraus, he's a physical, uh, physical specimen out there and banging bodies, but he can chip in with some offense too. Yeah, they, they played together a little bit in the preseason and looked like a good line. So we'll, we'll see how it goes and what coach does with them uh, tonight. All right, last one, just Vemelka, good find by you. He did a good job. He's a big goalie, comes in with good size. Uh, what are you expecting out of him this year? You have to, you know, he had to really carry the load for you a lot last season. Yeah. Veggie's, uh, you know, he has played real well in the preseason. Obviously, he's, uh, it'll be interesting to see his growth uh, that takes place. Uh, this year, his second year in the league, uh, you know, Gambo and Burns, you never know with goaltenders, you know? <laughs> yeah. You never know, you know? Sometimes <laughs> they can come back and they can't stop a park. So, uh, but he has looked good so far. He's done a good job in the preseason. Uh, he's pretty solid. And, you know, he's made some adjustments in his game. We're hoping to see a, a better veggie than we saw last year. And, you know, he had 10 games for us that he completely stole. So he's, a, he's an exciting goaltender. Hopefully he can make some strides again and, you know, figure the league out a little bit and uh, and, and still get better. So uh, if he can do that for us, he'll, he'll be able to steal some wins for us this year. Well, good luck to the organization tonight against Pittsburgh to open the season. I know it's going to be a while until you're back at home. Gambo and I are doing our show live from Mullet Arena for your home opener on October 28th. Oh, so great. we're looking forward to seeing you and everybody else when we're out there. Looking forward to seeing the building and how it's going to work and all of that stuff. So again, good luck uh, tonight and over the next couple of weeks and hopefully we'll catch up with you in person when we see you in a couple of weeks that'd be great can't wait to see you guys all right bill you got it take care bill armstrong general manager coyotes joining us here on the arizona sports line and we want to remind you arizona next week big week arizona going prime time phoenix suns sip off the nba season at home against the mavs the cardinals take on the saints for thursday night football the very next night we're giving you the chance to experience both in person text the word prime time to 62620 listen for your name starting monday for your chance to win two tickets to both games on those back-to-back nights Plus, one lucky winner each day will get their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Again, text PRIMETIME to 620-620. Oh, by the way, Astros are now up 4-2. Alex Bregman. Hate him.
RBI single to rights. Hate him too. Four two. More than any player in Major League Baseball, <laughs> yeah, I hate Bregman I, the most. I know. I know. When we come back, Rondo Moore. A lot of debate among the fan base and in the media about whether he's being utilized correctly. Well, is he? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. John Gambadero, Dave Burns with you on this Thursday afternoon. Just looking up at the still 4-2, top of the ninth. Did he hit a home run? Did, did Crawford hit a home run? Or am I looking at it earlier? Was that a replay? That was from earlier. Okay. Fooled me. I hate when TV broadcasts do that. I, well, I mean, I should know better. I should have been paying more attention during the commercial break, but I looked up. I'm like, he looks like he's celebrating a home run. Did he? Did he? Yeah, no, it's still 4 2, Houston. Uh, in the top of the ninth, uh, they are three outs away from taking a very commanding two games to none lead in this best of five series. Um, Yankees uh, better beat them. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I, I'll, I'll say this to you, and I mean this with every fiber of my being. I'll, yeah. I'll root for the Yankees like it's nobody's business in the next round. Like it's nobody's business welcome, to beat the Astros. Welcome. We'll, we'll I take will you. Let, loan me one of your jerseys. I don't mm. care which one. Uh, I'll wear it around. I'll 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 be. I, I hate the Astros so badly. I will root for the Yankees to beat them in the American League Championship Series. That's saying everything right now about how badly I want to see the Astros yes. get bounced. So loan me a jersey. I'll wear it. That's we'll get you cool. one. Um, I've been looking forward to talking about this one today. Okay, and I'm glad we both emailed it to each other. I'm glad you saw it. I saw it too. Because I, I think this is a this is a great conversation that we're about to have, and I just don't even know where it's going to go. Yeah, Jess Root from Cardswire did a nice piece on. He this. really did. Yeah. Ro- the headline: Rondale Moore is doing more than jet sweeps and screen passes. And he went down and he looked at it. He 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 looked down at all the pass routes that Rondale Moore ran Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, look, I've had the complaints. Lots of Cardinal fans have had the complaints. Bubble screens, wide receiver screens. Everything's at the line of scrimmage. There's still plenty of them. I mean, there there is still plenty of them. But Jess from Cardswire looked at the breakdown of Rondale Moore's snaps and the routes that he ran. Behind the line of scrimmage, he ran six pass routes. Zero to ten yards down the field. Eighteen pass routes. 10 or more yards down the field, 15 pass routes. Yeah, of the 18 routes within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, two when the Cardinals were inside the 10-yard line. Uh, Three were actually routes to block on a screen pass to another player, and another turned into a deep route when Murray extended the play, but it was originally within 10 yards. So what does it mean? He's basically saying, like, don't expect a whole lot of screen passes and jet sweeps to stop. He is the best player they have for those, but they they are using him in other ways. Look, what they haven't been doing is it's, the thing is not how he runs it because you can use his speed to open things up. It's getting him the ball on those pass plays. Exactly. That's the key. The key is getting him the ball on those pass plays. And, you know, there was that one play in the game last week. It was down the field. It was like, I think we were all shot. Wow, look, they went down the field to Rondell. More. Even Dave Pash was like right. celebrating it when he did the play call. It was great. Look, dude. I understand using him as a decoy or using his speed to, you know, to draw a safety, you know, running a deeper route because he ran, you know, 15 deeper routes to kind of draw a safety over and free something up for somebody else. But, you know, with that being said, you know, you do want to see him have some patterns down the field where he actually, you know, can be a part of the offense catching the ball as well because he's he runs good routes and he's got good hands. Yeah, here's Cliff Kingsbury after the game on 
Rondell and how he played. Yeah, Rondell is, is um, coming off those injuries, hasn't practiced a lot. Um, you know, I just think it's time on task. You saw him get more comfortable in the second half and do what he can do, um, shifty, making plays. And we're going to need him to, to be that guy for us in, in our offense and kind of be that piece that uh, can get in open space and make those extra yards. All right, two things. And I, I, was, I, I hear what you say. And the thing that stands out to me, there, there are two things that stands out. Number one, you're right, the wide receiver and the bubble screens, those aren't going away because Cliff, as Jeff notes in the, as Jess notes in the story, wants to get the ball in Rondell Moore's hands. And that's the quickest, easiest way to deliver the ball to Rondell Moore, right? Like, okay, here you go. Quick little bubble screen. Boom, go get it. Make something happen. The other thing, all right, if he's running, and what were the numbers I said? 15 routes, 10 or more yards downfield, even though it doesn't feel like it because the ball's not being delivered there. There's clearly a problem on one of two fronts here. Either he's not getting very open on those routes or Kyler's not seeing him on those routes. And that's immediately where my mind went to yeah. when I read this story. I mean, like almost immediately, like, man, you, you've showed me some film that you get sent to you. And, and we're looking at Kyler and he's missing this guy and he's missing that guy. And he's not seeing that guy. and He's right. not seeing this guy. And my first thought when I read this story was that it, it feels like Rondell Moore's not being thrown to downfield. He's running down there. Is Kyler seeing him? Is Kyler recognizing that he's open? Is he open? I mean, that's kind of first and foremost. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've looked at every you know piece of film on Rondell Moore to know whether he's open or not every single time he goes out there. I, I, I'm sure there are some times he's not, but I think it's also fair to wonder are there times where Kyler just misses him out there, and that's why it feels like everything he catches is at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, now A.J. Green was out a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and, then, that, and then Rondell Moore was outside a whole lot. He was actually outside 71.5% of the time he was outside. Now, this last week, he went back to being a slot guy, 83% of the time being in the slot. So, you know, they, I don't care if you have him in the slot. I don't care if you have him outside. Run some intermediate patterns for him. I think he could be a real weapon for you 10 to 20 yards down the field. I really do, especially on crossing patterns and things like that, because he is um, you know, he is a really fast receiver. He's going to get separation. It's not like he's not getting separation. So I, I'm, a, I, I'm a believer in this kid. I, I think he could be you know, we've talked about the wide receivers they've drafted that haven't worked out. I think that he's got he's got a chance to really work out. But it's usage. It's like, how do you want to use him to get the best of his abilities out there? Well, and, and, I, and I think we're, look, I complain about it too, how many wide receiver screens and bubble screens and things like that. But I, I think this is also partly a Kyler Murray issue. And it's a Kyler Murray seeing the field. And, and I, when I say seeing the field, understand, I don't mean, you know, because he's five foot 11. I, I mean, seeing open guys, going through his progression looking for open receivers, you know, knowing where to throw the ball to, things like that. And I wonder, it, because what's going to happen is when when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, I would imagine Rondell Moore becomes almost exclusively your slot guy, right? I, sure. I would think that Hollywood plays almost on the outside every single we, time. You thought he had a chance to kind of be like Christian Kirk in many ways. Maybe, and maybe he plays. He spends a little bit of time on the outside too, but but I, I think that we're, our perception of Rondell Moore and how he's being used is being skewed by the fact they that most of his receptions have come at or around the line of scrimmage. There are times when he's further down the field, and for whatever reason, he's not open or Kyler's missing him. They're not delivering the ball to him, and that is a weapon that needs to be exploited. Well, Cardinals, he's too good yeah. for that. The Cardinals don't turn the ball over a whole lot, but it is a lot easier not to turn the ball over when you're not taking shots down the field. No doubt. When you're throwing a lot of those quick little slants or throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage, it's unlikely that you're going
going to have a turnover there unless it's a fumble. When we come back, the top stories of the day, that includes the latest blow to the Cardinals and an update on the MLB playoffs. That's all next on the Burns and Gambo Show.